0: we do not need a handful of people living zero waste perfectly. We need millions living it imperfectly.
1: Hi guys, we're your hosts,
2: Jillian and Kaylin, and this is Teach Me How to Adults, a podcast on all the things you never learned growing up, like how to buy a home, manage stress, crush your love life, land your dream job, and how to love yourself more, because we could all be a little kinder to ourselves. We're still figuring out how to get our shit together, so we're calling in the experts and the hustlers for some real talk and legit tips on how to live your best life. Adulting isn't easy, but we got you. Hi friends, we are so excited about today's episode because it's just in time for Earth Day and we're chatting about something both of us have sort of been trying to be a little bit more mindful of over the past few years. And that's how to be more sustainable and eco-friendly. And we sat down with the oh-so-fabulous Jules Grieve to get an honest, realistic, and straight-up sustainable approach on how we can all be more eco-friendly in our everyday lives. Side note, we're both so sick right now, so if we sound dad inside that's why <laughs> we are
1: excited <laughs> we're just sick <laughs> we absolutely love Jules a because she's just life goals and we're obsessed with her but b because she makes sustainability so approachable and before now it just always felt really overwhelming and it honestly made me kind of feel yeah. like shit when it was ever brought up because I could just only think about all the things that I've been doing wrong environmentally and how hard it felt to like correct all of the things that I probably do wrong. But Jules really coaches people to make easy, doable changes and then to hone in on what your thing is that you can really stick to to make an impact because we can't do everything in any in any facet of our lives. We cannot do everything perfectly. So I just love her approach that like just figure out your little realm of change.
2: Yeah, because I think that's what holds a lot of us back. I think it's like really daunting and overwhelming when you think about being sustainable and more green because it can feel pretty hopeless or pointless even if you're like, okay, well, me recycling this little thing is not actually going to make a huge difference. But Mm -hmm. it does. And we're not looking at the bigger picture when we think like that. And if we all do our part and do something small and hone in on your thing, those small actions compound to have a massive impact on the world.
1: What's been really game-changing about our chat with Jules is that it's the first time I've really linked environmentalism with like the psychology behind habits that we try to implement and I think that's been like the missing link for me and maybe for a lot of people like if your goal is just too unrealistic to begin with and to to be consistent with or if you don't actually believe that you can achieve it and I think we've all done that we all set lofty goals that were like there's no fucking way I'm ever going to be able to do this but I'm just going to set it anyways you will give up before you even start and you'll fall off the wagon pretty damn quickly so this new approach that Jules has helped us with is finding a few simple ways that you can lower your carbon footprint and then honing in on those things that you know you can do and not trying to do everything right all the time because that is impossible and it will set us up for failure.
2: Yeah. And, and even if it's not like the thing that's going to have the biggest impact on your carbon footprint, but it's something that you know you can do and it's yeah. sustainable for you. Like for me, I think the biggest change I made and I know Gabe made was when we saw that documentary The Minimalist, and I've talked about this like a thousand times on the podcast, but yeah, it changed our consumption habits tremendously. So I have shopped significantly less since watching that documentary and a lot of what we have in our home is secondhand. Like I am the Facebook marketplace queen and I know you're going to laugh at me because <laughs> I literally have sold all the furniture in our, our house <laughs> over the past two weeks because I'm we're redesigning and I'm doing it all secondhand, but it takes me forever. So Gabe is killing me right now because we don't have anywhere to sit. Anyways, <laughs> our consumption habits after watching that were just changed for the better because we just realized like we don't need all these things and I think I mean that's a lot of just society and like Instagram telling us to buy 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 but if Mm -hmm. you take a step back and think about almost like the Marie Kondo
1: method like what actually brings me joy and even on a budget like why are we buying so much shit we don't need when most people I know are in like financial hardship right now (laughs) so I'm very very here for that and for like the whole de-influencing trend that's happening of like de-influencing things that you don't actually need having a meal plan and
2: like times when you shop is so so important and it's helped us cut down on our food waste cuz that's where i felt the biggest pain when i was like throwing out food that had gone bad meal meal planning grocery shopping like one to two times a week and just
1: being smarter with that that's also been one of my one of my biggest struggles and probably like points of of shame in this sustainability journey because man grocery shopping is really not made for people who live by themselves everything is in such big containers and it's it's really expensive to buy small quantities like buying in bulk is cheaper so it's it's very frustrating because i buy the smallest amounts i can usually and still can't get through them before like if it's a big thing of produce like i just can't get through it before it goes bad um And I probably just wasn't being smart about how I was – I was doing really big grocery shops, you know, like once every whatever, 10 days. And so I'm trying to do more frequent grocery shops, buy less, only buy what I need and go in with a plan instead of just like – you know, buying a huge list of things that I think I might like, but really having a plan because my food waste was so bad. I'd buy these like really big bags of spinach and then like three days later they'd be muck and it would be just go straight muck. in the bin. <laughs> yeah, it's it's frustrating. Um, I know. But I think what Jules helped us with in this episode and what you can honestly really easily Google is ways to store and like contain food to prolong yes. its shelf life the food waste feels like shit and there's no compost in a lot of the condo buildings in Toronto um, True. there hasn't been any compost in mind so I need to figure out if there's like a city one that I can go to but if I'm being honest I probably won't that's probably not going to be the place where I make I'm not going to drive or walk you know Half an hour with, like, bags of rotting food if there's no compost solutions close by. So the best thing I can do is to just really cut down on that waste and be smarter about it Um, or get, like, a low meat composter, which I'm thinking of doing. We have one at my cottage, and it's a really, really great – Smart – yeah. Composting is something we don't do either and we should definitely be doing more of. So that's
2: on our going to do list coming out of this episode because it's so simple for at least for us there. Like we have a compost bin. I, we're just being lazy. Like it's that oh. there's no excuse. Yeah. Yeah. We have and one. You have and have a garden. Ca- we have a garden, so we're also going to start collecting rainwater because, like, literally live in Vancouver. Like, I could sell my fucking rainwater on the internet if I wanted to. There's so much to go around. <laughs> side hustle. So, like, side hustle. You want rainwater, guys? Come to me. Another thing, we're so excited. We're saving up to do solar panels next year. And that's, that's another thing that I think a lot of people are like, oh, the return on investment is, like, 30 years. But it's like, yeah, but you're... It, there is a return on your investment, and like we can use it to to power our home. But that's a, that's a serious investment. Like we've 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 been saving up and putting money aside for that for over a year now.
1: If I'm being honest, like I moved downtown Toronto so that everything would be so close. Like I would never have to drive yeah. anywhere. Everything is so walkable. My walk score is great, and I still drive to things that are within twenty. 20- a 20-minute walk like I drive to the grocery store a lot of the time if I'm doing a big grocery shop yeah there's a lot of ways I could cut down on driving I usually drive honestly a out of laziness but b out of like poor time management like I haven't carved out the right amounts of time to walk to Mm. places so I'm like shit I just got to get in the car and like drive quickly to my workout class even though it would be a 25-minute walk and why wouldn't I walk I'm trying to do a workout that's like your warm-up yeah exactly man when I saw this stat I was shooketh but Americans produce (laughs) 4.4 pounds of trash per day on average and Canadians over five pounds daily. And Canada is actually one of the worst countries for uh, producing waste and trash, which is per capita, which is really, really sad. That's five pounds a day of trash per person. It's really, it's really jarring. Ah. Like, where
2: does it fucking go?
1: Where the hell does it actually go? It blows my mind. There are a ton of bulk food stores near me, especially in Leslieville. And there's no reason I shouldn't be going to those and bringing my own jars, considering I keep absolutely everything, like half to a quarter. (laughs) My my actually... My waist is probably less than most because I'm terrible at throwing things. As <laughs> you keep it all, oh my god! It also looks so, so much
2: cuter. It's very like aesthetically pleasing to have your exactly. like nuts in a jar.
1: <laughs> Draw your nuts, Nuts, guys. nuts in a, a nuts. jar.
2: <laughs> not those nuts. Not I those love nuts.
1: aesthetically pleasing nuts. I <laughs> didn't meet a nut I didn't love, but that's not true. I have, I have. <laughs> this episode has taken a turn, but I'm here for it. <laughs> the other thing that I think is really easy to re-examine is just like to your point about minimalism is just over consumerism and that's an area that I think I've been doing okay in but I can do even better but I've never been one to like keep up with the latest and greatest of everything and the latest trend it takes me like two years to make a big purchasing decision like I know people who every single time the new iPhone drops they get it doesn't matter if their phone is perfectly good they get it It's ridiculous to be buying new things just for the sake of like keeping up and having the latest and greatest and how we need to buy an entirely new wardrobe anytime a new trend happens. Like I'm super not here for that. And I have really cut down on how much I shop. I'm also huge into upcycling things. So instead of buying a new patio set, I'm definitely going to go get a used patio set, upcycle it, make it more me because I really love DIYing stuff. There's a
2: Habitat for Humanity near our house and you can buy secondhand items. And I found this epic chandelier that literally would have cost me probably $300 and it was 20 bucks. It wasn't the right color. It was silver and I wanted matte black. So I just spray painted it and it looks amazing. And no one else is going to have that one in black. Exactly. But although we're doing our part, we are not the experts. So we called in Julia Grieve, the accidental environmentalist. Julia is a TV personality, entrepreneur, fashion designer, former international model, no big deal, and the founder of the incredible Preloved, North America's leading sustainable fashion brand that has diverted over a million sweaters from
1: landfills. She is truly epic. She's so, so, so cool and has just the best humor and energy. And it makes sense because she is a media personality who is City Lion's eco-expert. She regularly appears on global news and in Canada's biggest media outlets. And her mission is really to show people how simple changes over time can have a huge impact. And she's showing the world how we can take an eco-friendly approach to home design, health, food, fashion, and lifestyle all in such a doable way. Teach us how to make sustainable changes, Jules. Jules, we are so excited to talk to you today. This is a really important issue that we've been wanting to do a little better on and and be more educated about. So we appreciate you and your time. And we'd love to hear a bit more about your story. You've been dubbed the accidental environmentalist, and we would just love to hear your journey of how you stumbled into environmentalism.
0: I am the accidental. Like it really did happen by accident. And that's sort of what I always just laugh about. It's like, so I don't know if you're familiar with pre-loved, um, but that was my is my clothing brand that I started back in nineteen ninety-five. Clearly, I was five. Let's figure that out. Don't try to do any math. Um, But yeah, so I opened up a clothing store down on Queen Street West, and the idea behind it was all taking vintage clothing, chopping it all up, and making new clothing. Right? It was very grunge. It was all about just you know old rock shirts, cutting them up. The environmental aspect of the business. Was not at the I had no idea like who thought taking old jeans and turning them into a skirt could actually be something that was good for the planet. I just had no idea we were doing it,, yeah. so I always think of that that this amazing offshoot to my business really happened by accident, yeah. and so I've sort of taken that approach to sustainability if you can do things sort of just naturally. You know, it would be amazing the impact that we could all have if we all were just sort of accidentally doing things. Mm. It's not as hard as it it seems to be sometimes. And I think if we could sort of have this approach to it, uh, to sustainability, I think we would see bigger, you know, improvements.
1: Yeah. Because then it's actually sustainable. Uh, You know, it's like when we try to do... huge things that are really outside of our comfort zone and that just aren't necessarily realistic in our lifestyles, then it's really hard to keep up. And then we give up and it's like with any habit, you know, it's hard to, to keep it going. So I love that approach.
0: Yeah, yeah that's exactly what it is. It's got to be something that you just naturally can do.
1: hundred percent. And so
2: going back to pre-loved, so can you tell us a little bit more about like from what you've learned, that the the impact that fast fashion has on the environment and so sort of how you're solving this with pre-loved and I guess what inspired you to open it in the first place too.
0: I am a huge thrifter. I've always been. I love vintage clothing. Um, like my prom dress was my mom's, but we kind of oh, cut it up a little bit. Even my, my wedding God. dress was my mom's that I redesigned. Oh, um, yeah, right? It's so cool. And then we redesigned my wedding dress for my sister when she got married. Wow. And so I keep saying to my daughter, you better get married on a beach because there's no original fabric left. We're going to make a little <laughs> bikini. For I it's grab a bikini dress.
2: dress. <laughs>
0: yeah, because yeah, there's nothing left. It's all been chopped up. But yeah, so I've always... Loved vintage clothing, but I've loved it from a fashion point of view. Everything in fashion is cyclical, right? Like I mm-hmm. used to before I started pre-loved. I was a model full time, supermodel. Uh, didn't really hang out with Naomi and Cindy that much, but I spent a lot of time in Milan oh, and in in, in wow. Tokyo. Uh, so that was what I was doing. You know, when I finished high school, I was internationally modeling and. I would have auditions and things like that. Like I just remember the big one that stuck out for me was Chanel. So I had an audition for Chanel and I'm like, how am I supposed to like look like I could wear Chanel? So I went thrifting and I found this great little sort of Jackie O suit and I shortened it and I changed the buttons. I didn't get the job, but I looked really good at the audition. (laughs) So that was the concept behind pre-loved is when you wear something that is vintage, it's totally unique. You never have to worry about someone having the same piece. It's totally on trend. Whatever is in fashion right now on any, any runway has been done before. So you just need to find it originally, update it, change it. And I think that was always the trick with what pre-love was about. It was about that updating. Like if you wear Mm. some vintage pieces, it can become almost a little bit costume-esque. And that's not what I'm about at all. I'm all about like hundred percent fashion.
1: (laughs) Fashion. Yes. Fashion. Oh, that's so great. And then it, it, helps us get past this like buying whatever's in trend right now at like H&M not to shit on H&M but just at any kind of fast fashion store and then immediately wearing it for one season and then now it's it's out of date and now I'm gonna throw it out or donate it or never wear it again so if we could get more into this habit of like sourcing and re- like recreating items that that are quality and that we actually love. Like, oh my God, I used to just only shop at forever 21 and buy like dozens and dozens and dozens of things every season that were so cheap and that were terrible quality. And like, that's what you do when you're young, but none of it stood the test of time and none of it was good quality. None of it even really looked good on me. And so part of growing up has been buying less and buying pieces that I really love and then finding ways to make them work over time and like grow with the trends. I always say like,
0: it's, It doesn't take anybody to walk into a clothing store and see something on the rack and buy it and look decent and look good and maybe even look on trend. But where the real art is, is finding what's on trend, figuring out how you can create that, figuring out how you look amazing in it, and also how you can do it on a budget. And so that is how the brand Pre-Love started. Um, And we just grew, like we opened in 95 on Queen West. Uh, Then we grew to four stores across Canada. Probably, I guess maybe about six or seven years ago, the... Environmental part of the business was so large and so many different brands we were working with, like Anthropology, Holtz, Roots, all these big brands coming to us to collaborate, you know, so we could take their ethos and figure a way to add in a little pre loved. So, you know, like Roots by Pre Loved, I think was my favorite collection we ever did. And we used up vintage wool sweaters with the signature Roots fleece and we created a whole line. It was great. So once that part started, and obviously, online was taken over the world. It yeah. didn't make as much sense to have all the retail outlets, so we end up closing them. And then now we have our whole offices in our factory, which is out in Scarborough.
1: Oh, that's so a lot. we still,
0: yeah.
2: And everything's done in Canada too.
0: One hundred percent. We've never taken manufacturing out here. It, to me, I just I, to, to me it's again accidentally like to me it just doesn't make any sense i don't know how i can communicate with somebody in a different time zone to take my drawings my ideas yeah. <laughs> my vision so just accidentally it made so much more sense for us to produce in canada well the byproduct is locally made employment like all these things yeah. are these wonderful offshoots when you make decisions that are better for your company mm,
2: i about that wow so, so speaking of like accidental changes that people can sort of make in their lives, I feel like for a lot of people it feels really daunting and sometimes kind of helpless to make some sustainable changes in their lives when the world is in such a state of crisis. There's that new Apple show. I don't know if you guys have seen it, but it's all about like what's going to happen in the world in like 30 years from now for in yeah. the environment. It's just like it's it's terrifying. So. Do you know some ways that people can make small simple changes, you know, sustainable swaps from everyday products that they use or their habits? Like what have you done that you think would be really easy for people I to think
0: the first thing to really believe understand that I've been talking about sustainable swaps like let's just get the you know get the plastic out of the shower let's go with the shampoo bars and all these like awesome awesome ideas but I think now especially when you're talking about like Apple TV is on and then like the UN came out with this whole thing about by kids that are in kindergarten now are going to be like like dead I don't know not know. dead but it plans to be so bad I like guess it's, it's brutal yeah right so, so I think depressing. the big thing is to truly believe that these little things we're doing is making a difference yeah. and mm-hmm. that's sort of become my message over the last like year and a half because before people we like oh yeah that's such a great idea but then you do it three times you're like really you know you watch this show and you're like really this isn't doing anything and yeah. I'm here to say It is. It truly is. And for every bit of press that comes out for negative, there's awesome stuff that's happening on the positive. And I think it's so important that individuals believe that we can make a difference. And once you start believing that, you're like, I'm so excited to not use paper towel. I'm not going to, you know, you get really into it and you're finding the different swaths and you're going to continue to do it. But if you start to think what you're doing isn't making a difference, well, then you'll stop.
2: Yeah. It won't be sustainable itself. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So it's really, really important. So like easy ones, like I always I say, like, look at plastic, just take a look in your shower. How much plastic is in there? It doesn't have to be. There's great shampoo bars. There's great old fashioned bars of soap, yeah. you know, things like that will work as well. Look at plastic around the kitchen sink, right? Can we get, you know, as um, a dish soap bar you know, things like that. Something just as simple as looking at that. We don't need to have like a PhD in environmental science to sort of go, maybe I don't need as much plastic in my house.
1: Yeah. And everyone can kind of also have like a thing. I've, I've just kind of noticed that like my um, brother-in-law, his thing that he's doing is he's vegetarian five days a week and two days a week, he eats meat and that has been huge for him and what he wants to do for the environment. And my friend's mom, her thing is now she sews, she takes old clothing and sews like fabric tote bags and gives them to everyone she meets so that they don't need to use plastic bags at the grocery store. And that's like an 88 year old woman doing this and making a difference in the community. And that's her thing. And so we all, and like at our cottage, we got one of those like composting loomy things because we just, our whole family knows that there's so much food waste that we have to deal with. And so just
0: being able to, I got to get one of those. Lubies. It is I not not have actually one. so good. Is it really, does it really work like they should, like it does on TikTok? It
1: turns into mulch. <laughs> like it turns into what? mulch. It's insane. Insane. It can be really overwhelming to try to do everything. But if you can figure it like, well, what's my thing? Like well, I can champion mm-hmm. this and I can champion like really changing the way I grocery shop and like going to like bulk food stores and bringing my own jars. And that's my thing. Can't do it all, but I can certainly do yeah. this or, you know, changing the way I, shower or whatever it is and then it doesn't feel so impossible yeah
0: Yeah. it's totally and it becomes fun and it becomes second nature and if you do your thing I do my thing you do your thing and all billions of us start doing our thing you're going to start to see everything will start to shift. yeah I agree it really
2: inspires other people too like my sister-in-law stopped shopping at retail stores and she strictly thrifts and she looks amazing Like she has the coolest stuff. Like and she's she's Gen Z, so she's very trendy. But she'll wear like an like someone's old like work trucker jacket that's like leather on the sleeves and there's like mixed materials. And I'm like, You look so cool, but I would never be able to find that, pull it off the rack and be like, Yeah, I could wear this. But she she does it. But I'm inspired. So we're trying to thrift a little bit more too on our end. But to your point, like the more we all do our part and kind of share what we're doing, I think it will inspire other people.
0: Absolutely. It's fun. I did a no buy challenge all through January. So I didn't buy any clothes. I didn't, I mean, I bought toilet paper. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't buy anything. Uh, and wow. I spent so much time and my kids got so into it, which was like so fun.
1: Oh, that's amazing. <laughs> I also love that because I feel like there's some margins of sustainability that feel really directed towards The wealthy, you know, like you have to only buy like the local groceries, like the farm's table from the local market that costs three times the amount, like the amount that no frills does. And it can feel a bit like, how can we afford to do this? But really, that's not always necessary. You can just consume less. And like a no buy month, if you're on a budget, like you're winning, you're helping the environment. And you're saving money and anyone can do it rather than being like, okay, I'm going to go and only buy these beautiful wood handcrafted toys for my children because they're sustainable. It's like, well, that's like hundreds of dollars. And so that's not achievable for everyone, but maybe we don't need to buy a hundred toys for them. Maybe we could just buy a few. And so the the minimalism or just like cutting back a little bit, I think is overlooked as a way that we can make a big difference because it's very much thrown in our faces that we have to like buy expensive things in order to be able to be sustainable. And it's like, kind of like, we need to de-influence that idea. Are there any areas of our lives that you think or have seen kind of have the biggest impact on lowering our, our carbon footprint? Like, is it travel and transportation?
0: Like how much we use our cars? Yeah, I think walking is one of those huge things. There's a stat, I got. I didn't even, didn't have all my stats ready, ladies. But there's one something about, I think it's like, of all car rides are less than a 15 minute walk.
2: Wow. So it's like just something,
0: you know, people say, how do I be more sustainable? Like get out and walk. Um, So that's one for sure. For me, I always find, again, maybe it's like your thing like we spoke about before, but for me, I always find local is such a, huge impact. Yeah. And it's, yeah. you know, I am an entrepreneur, I am a business person. So the idea of local just spins off so much things, yeah. right? You get it raises your economy, it raises, you know, yeah. so everything from manufacturing local, to shopping local, to spending time local, to walking local. Uh, that's something that I find has a great impact.
2: We talked a bit about, like, reducing single-use plastics in the shower, in your kitchen, but there are there any other tips that you have for just, like, the shocking amount of waste that we produce on a daily basis and how to cut it down? I really noticed when I moved out of an apartment into a house just how much waste my family creates because uh, instead of just throwing it down the chute and not having to deal with it, I now, like, collect my garbage on a weekly basis and have to move it to true. the curb. And I was just like, this is a problem. We need to fix this. So would love to know what like you've done or or any tips that you have on how to reduce just the waste that's happening.
0: One of the things that I focus on a lot and I talk to my kids about is that whole idea of wish recycling, right? Like you just get something and you throw it in the recycling bin and you're like, oh, I feel so good about my life. It's like, actually, no, you don't. Because only 9% of what's in that bin, that's a stat I actually know, only 9% of what's in that bin actually gets recycled. The rest of it's going to end up in landfill. So you need to like, again, I'm not trying to be the Debbie Downer here, but I'm just, people sometimes think it's like, oh, I'm doing my part. I'm like, and you put your blue bin to the street and it's full. (laughs) So start at the beginning, start looking at what you're purchasing. Like one of the things that's ever lost me, I I never, and my kids are like, oh my God, mom, please. I never throw out glass jars. I just don't throw them out say okay ever. me too me too if ever <laughs> I have so many but I use them for glasses so I don't buy glasses I don't buy wine glasses I have my you know fancy glasses that I serve but we just use them for glasses for vases, for food yeah. storage yeah like for bulk shop like every single thing so I buy products that are specifically either in a glass jar or in compost packaging or you know that kind of stuff like I truly look for the, the way that I purchased the product in the beginning yeah. when it comes into my home how's it going out
1: right
0: the and compostable then the packaging so that's great too yeah, yeah totally just really just looking at that sort of stuff and it, when you actually start to look at pack, packaging that's when you're going to get like crazy like yeah. it's just like start <laughs> things will start to drive you crazy you're like really why is that toilet paper wrapped in plastic why yeah, like, why, yeah. why could it not just be paper that we could put into the compost bin yeah. You know, like we live in an awesome country where we have like 71% of Canadians, listen to me, it sounds so smart, but 71% <laughs> of Canadians have access to commercial composting, right? Yeah. We don't all have to live on farms to compost. Right. Like you can put so many things in your compost bin, you know, so packaging should be able to go in those, you know, municipal breakdown, you know, those yeah. kind of uh, compost bins.
1: Yeah. And that 9% stat, are we recycling wrong? Like, is it no, because we don't, it's just, that's just literally okay, there, it is.
0: there is There is, absolutely, yes. There is, that's wrong. Everything needs to be washed, rinsed, right? Mm. And so if some dude left the peanut butter into the jar <laughs> and it gets mixed up with yours, then the whole batch <laughs> is done. But the other part of it is just the true level of it. Right. And wow. what you want to do is, there's also types of plastic that break down better than others so on the bottom of anything you buy if you've seen those little arrows right and yeah. it'll have a one two three four that's the level of how easy it gets to get recycled so if it's oh. got a seven I it doesn't have a chance at hell
2: no way. yeah it's going
0: yeah like black plastic always has like has a recycle sign but it has like a seven on it you're like yeah whatever so try to wow. buy things that are in ones and twos That'll have a better chance. But again, if the dude with the peanut butter left his <laughs> peanut butter in, it's going to ruin everybody's. So, yeah. So it is a little bit of how we do it, but also that pure amount. So, you know, and that's the kind of stuff that we can, as consumers, have such a voice. You start yeah. buying the stuff that's not in number seven plastic, who the heck's going to stop? They'll start stop using it. Yeah. It's so going to start losing sales.
1: Okay, I would love this is not sponsored. I wish they would sponsor us. But this vitamin supplement company I've been using called care of they give you your daily supplements in this little packet that's completely compostable. And there's no plastic containers, you get it in a compostable like paper box thing. And then each little packet you can take with you and then you can compost it. And it's like, it's so smart. And I will never go and buy vitamins in a plastic bottle again. Because this is just why would why, why why would you you can do that? Yeah, well, wow. that's it. That's
0: exactly that's the kind of stuff. So you know, really looking at what you buy and thinking of how you're going to get rid of it before you throw it your cart, your cart, before you throw it into the cart online. Like I, I mean, there's different online shops that I, I won't shop at because of how they package stuff.
1: True. Yeah. <laughs> Amazon's the worst for that. It's like I'm this small thing in two huge boxes. Are you kidding it's me? It's so bad. I it's so bad. I know.
2: It's really bad. I do love what you were saying, though, about upcycling, too. Like, one thing that I've loved to do is, like, you know those, like, little serum bottles, that little glass serum yes. bottles? Oh, yeah. I'll rinse them out and use them as, like, tiny little vases, and it actually looks so cute. cute. It's just, like, oh, a nice I little like thing. Yeah. Or, like, that's in your powder so room, if you don't have a lot of counter space, just, like, a little vase. Oh, yeah. Little, and little candles, so
1: those nice. beautiful candles yeah. that come in these lovely things, and then they're gone, and then so many people throw out or recycle the containers but that container can now be like washed out with hot water and like used for like your cotton balls or your whatever your loose
0: change yeah exactly
1: that kind of brings us to this idea of like functioning in a circular economy which we've been like researching and really looking into and it seems really out of our reach in the western world because consumerism and because that's we have no control over how things are manufactured and they're created to break so that we buy more and and it feels like we're just stuck here but there are i think there are ways we could create more of a circular economy within our communities through what you've done with your company and through like repairing something instead of just throwing it out and getting a new one because i'm so guilty of that like my outdoor patio furniture, a chair broke and it's like, oh, gotta throw it out and get a new one. It's like, what if I just repaired it? You know? And so yeah. like, upcycling yeah. and thrifting and like sharing things amongst your community when you're done with them and just extending the lifestyle of what we use, um, I think could really change a lot. But do you have any advice or kind of experience with how we can create that circular nature? Um,
0: I think again, the idea of that circular economy, it's never going to be perfect. It's no. never going to be perfect. And if we worry too much about it, then again, we won't do what our part is. Because mm-hmm. uh, I've been working with some brands and we're looking at doing like a take back program so that, you know, you could bring oh, back nice. your old sweatshirts into the stores or whatever it is, pants, yeah. whatever. And then pre-love or whatever, we would upcycle it into that. But one of the problems, our brand will remain nameless. But one of the problems that stopped the project was they don't want to use the word circular or, circular or whatever, because The products, when they were originally made, were made maybe from cotton that wasn't. And I'm like, oh my God, Uh, it was stopped here? Yeah. You have to start somewhere. Out in the world. Take it back, make sure it doesn't end up in landfill, and do that part. Like we're you're stopping an amazing product, a, a, like an amazing program, because you're worried that maybe somebody's going to say X, Y, and Z, and how you actually made your sweatshirts or jeans or whatever it was. So yeah, so uh, that that kind of stuff gets me so mad. I know that's corporate, and I know that they've got so many things to worry about, but yeah. we as individuals cannot let that bug us. So if you're going to the thrift store and you're like gravitated to the H and M dress because it's the right color, and you think oh I don't buy fast fashion, and if I keep buying each Oh, whatever. Yeah. Get it. <laughs> yeah. Wear it. Wash it well. Like, I always say, fast fashion is fast if you make it fast. Mm. Right? Like, that's yeah. what I'll say. My daughter, she's, you know, she's 17. She likes to go shopping. She likes to thrift, but she likes stuff as well. Yeah. We go through it. We look at the price point. Where are you wearing it? How long are you going to wear it for? Give me the four events. Okay, if it's on your floor, when I come home, I'm going to lose it. Don't throw it in the washing machine. Let's have a huge discussion about how we wash this because it'll fall apart in the first wash. Mm. You know, so, but... Yeah. I let her buy it. It's a great brand that she likes. Her friends are wearing it, you know? Yeah. So you have to be, there's got to be some give and take in it. And I think that's the thing with circular economy. It's such a big word and we all want to do it like the right way, but
2: yeah.
0: it is not going to be perfect. So if we let go of perfect, then, then we'll be great. You know, that's the other yeah. quote I always use. It's, what's her name? Anne-Marie Bonneau, she's the zero waste chef. Uh, I love it. It's that we do not need a handful of people living zero waste perfectly. We need Mm. millions living it imperfectly. Yes. So get out and be imperfect about your sustainable choices, but at least make sustainable choices. That's so perfectly put. I
2: really like that. That reminds me of like people who set out this is a weird example, but like fitness goals, if you fall off the bandwagon, people are like, fuck it. I'm just not going to, I'm just not going to keep working out. But like, totally. no, totally it's totally small... so the now. Yeah. 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 <laughs> don't look I'm perfect.
1: Don't let perfect be the enemy of great or good. It's like, yeah, yeah that's exactly yeah. it. You mentioned, um, washing, like how you wash clothes to maintain oh. them, which actually is such a good point that I hadn't thought about it because that's such a good way to, 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 prolong the life cycle of the items that we have and I struggle so much because like jeans I never wash my jeans and I saw you did a a video on Instagram about like hacks with with jeans to prolong between washes but do you have any other like laundry tips because I'm just like a sweaty gal and I feel like I need to constantly be laundering my
0: shit. (laughs) (laughs) That was one of those that got so much controversy about this. And then I even saw something on the today show today talking about how often you wash your clothes. First of all, people wash their clothes way too often, like way too often. You try something on, you throw it on the floor and then it goes into the wash. Mm -hmm. So besides like, again, I look at it from the prolonging of clothing, you know, and then again, by accident, we're saving all this water. So, you know, what, really looking at how you care for your clothing is great. Again, when they talk about the fashion industry being one of the most like you know polluting industries to the planet, remember that thing when they said it was like came second after oil or something yeah, like that? Yeah, yeah. So but a lot of it is, is the, that stat comes from post-consumer care.
1: Mm, so wow.
0: it, that's why it's such a big one. because Everybody buys clothes, right? So then everybody washes clothes and everybody yeah. does stuff and everybody uses, you know, so that's why it's that the whole that, cycle that the, the industry got so big. It, you know, as a as an industry of polluting. Yeah. So when you get your clothing home, care for them. So what do I do? Okay. I don't wash that often. I mm-hmm. literally still haven't even washed the clothes from my trip from Miami. I'm still sitting over there. So sometimes it's a stall tactic because I don't want to do the laundry. but <laughs> I'm um, a great
1: procrastinator, so that's perfect. <laughs>
0: yeah, exactly. Yeah. So anything that is not well made, anything that is, you know, whatever, if it's fast fashion or something fun, I literally... Will never put it in the washer. I will wash it by hand and lay it flat to dry. Any of those, like, you know, dynamite scores or something like that that my doctor got. I just I'll be like, memes do not put that mix it in because it's gonna fall apart. And then you know, then we'll which is
1: so funny it because it's like the reverse of how I've been doing things, and it makes so much sense. I like hand wash all my really nice things, and then right. I throw all the crap things, in the poor quality things, in the in the washing machine, and I'm just probably filling them with holes and like.
0: Yeah, ruining them like, them like I mean, the fabrics a lot of the fabrics are really not great fabrics. I mean, you'll no. find that. Um, so they just don't, they don't, they won't last through like any kind of like cotton sweaters, you know, mixed with a da 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 da, da in the yarn. I don't even know what they use. It's just good, the whole shape is going to be gone once you throw it to the washing machine. Yeah, so I like wash those by hand, laid them flat to dry. I hardly ever wash my denim, like hardly ever. Tops, I get at least. Two to three wears before I'd wash a top. Uh, bottoms again, like a skirt. Uh, I don't know. Like I never wash skirts <laughs> on it, maybe, but it just goes back. Hangs. I I do a lot of steaming. Like I'll steam things because the steam is also will take out the wrinkles, and then it's also you know, you know, whatever it freshens it up. So I do a lot of that. And then the other one is as well. People again argue all the time, but uh, freezing. If you are worried about any kind of bacteria, freezing does kill bacteria but then people say oh the common freezer can't do it uh you know all this kind of stuff but
2: everyone's got something to say about something right
0: everyone's got something to
2: say but that's so key denim is hard but I've noticed that so I like to thrift my like good denim like I'll get vintage Levi's or things like that from the thrift store but any fast fashion-y denim that I've bought is the worst. Like I let, I wash it once and it's like the baggiest pair of jeans. Thank God that's in style Uh now. But the freezing I find has been amazing. So if anyone is really debunking that, give it a try before you knock it because it's a great way to preserve your denim.
0: It totally is. Totally is.
2: So I would love to chat about food hacks because I feel like food waste is a big problem nowadays. And just with the overall price of food right now do you have any like tips on how we can preserve what we're buying both for the environment but also for our wallet sake
0: yeah absolutely um it, it food waste is the biggest problem and again it's one of those that i talk about all the time because in canada the food waste the majority of it over 61 percent, happens in our house so it's not restaurants it's not grocery stores wow. it's us that buy home bring home stuff and throw out so um it is a big problem one of the tips that I've gotten more into again—it's a little, it's a little harder—but I try not grocery, I try not to do big grocery shops. I mm-hmm. used to. I have three kids, and I used to like do my grocery shopping at four in the morning with like, twenty-four-hour grocery stores and like pile up the cart and and then do all that. Yeah. Uh, my guys are older now, so it makes it a bit easier. But I find if I can, and I'm a very busy person, if I can find the time to get to the grocery store once or twice a week, twice or even twice or three times a week, it's a lot better. I mean, that's, you know, the way, again, by accident, that's the way it used to be done, right? You go to the market every day uh, and you get what you need for supper. So, that is one thing if you can sort of find the time to split up your groceries, because then you'll just get less. You'll be buying more like meal specific. And then, like, yeah. really good hacks. like got lots of this. You keep your herbs in water. So, it's your herbs, looks like a garden. So, I have all, all those jars that we've saved now are in your fridge filled with herbs so they work like plants avocados in water is another awesome one Ooh.
1: i love that hack you posted about avocados because i first okay like i i live alone so i find it really hard to buy produce and consume it before it goes bad and then with avocados like it's cheaper to buy them in bulk but then you have five avocados all ripe at the same time and then the next day they're fucking
0: like ready for the bin Gone. so Gone. T- please tell us about that it- hack Totally works. It was one of those I was like, I don't know if it's, I've been doing it for years now. But literally, store your avocados. But this is the this is the trick, everyone. Right? When it's ripe, right, right? So don't don't put it in the water when you get it home if it's not ripe. Right. Yeah. But you know, if you got it and it's sitting, you're like, oh, squish. Oh, you're perfect. Put it now <laughs> in the water and it'll stay in that state for at least a week. Sometimes they've even had it longer than that.
2: No way. Um, so if, and smart.
0: It, and it really works. I open up. I'm like, oh, look at you, green, not brown. Yeah, that totally works. And the other one is berries, keeping your strawberries, blueberries, raspberries in mason jars. That totally works. Ooh. That's one of my other ones that I use all the in
1: time. In water or just just yeah, No, just straight. Them. Some people say to, to,
0: I don't actually wash them first. Some people do uh, wash them and then wash them in vinegar, but then they've got to be fully, fully dry to go back into the jars because then you're going right. to get all mush, right? Yeah. So I just like literally take them out of the plastic. If I buy them at the grocery store, I'd way prefer to buy them at markets where you don't have the plastic, but drop them out of the plastic into a mason jar and into the fridge. So yeah, that'll keep that. That'll keep longer. Same with your like carrots and celery. Store those in, in water. That'll help with that. I think the other ones, keeping the potatoes out of the fridge. Mm-hmm. Same with apples. You don't want your apples in the fridge or your tomatoes.
1: A lot of people Hot put their tips. tomatoes in the fridge.
2: Yeah. Okay. These tips are game-changing because I am the grocery (laughs) shopping once a week girly because I'm a a mom of a 16-month-old and I'm like, I don't have time. I'm going to do it all in one go. And I think it's causing us to have so much food waste because we're very ambitious when we meal plan and we're like, this is how the week is going to go. But then the week is a shit show. Like my daughter's been (laughs) home all week sick and like I'm working crazy hours. Like it's just a shit show. So we have – I think we're causing way more waste because we're not actually – buying for the situation that we're currently
0: in you know so it's it, it is really true and it is a hard thing Caitlin I know like I used to do it and I had like three kids working full-time like just yeah. nuts so but I think there's things that you can look at right like is it like is it the cereals is it the dry goods is it all of that stuff that you can buy bigger at the beginning of the week and right. keep your produce really less yeah you know try to keep your do produce twice to, a like twice a week little pop in You know, Sunday to Wednesday, and then then on Wednesday, pop back in again to get all your produce.
1: Yeah, I like that. I also find the freezer is like very much my friend. Well, okay, I start I start the process with like such good intentions, but then the freezer is also where everything goes to die and I forget about it. But If I I followed through with my good intentions, any time I have like fruit, bananas, berries, whatever that I can tell are about to go off, like they're super ripe and I'm not going to eat them today. That I like, freeze them in little packages so that I can make smoothies out of them or like use them in something yeah. when I thaw them. And Or if I make too much of a meal prep and like too much chicken, then just like put it in the freezer, have it for later and like pre-portion it I find also so that I don't have to thaw the entire amount of everything and then not be able to get right. through it as one person. So when I when I follow through, it works really well, <laughs> but sometimes it stays in there forever and then it gets freezer burn. So.
2: But this goes back to being perfectly imperfect, right?
1: Yeah, Like you're still doing
2: your part. Sometimes we're going (laughs) to mess up. We're
0: not not bad people. We're all doing our part. No, exactly. (laughs) No, no green shaming. No, no, no. No
2: green shaming. Yes. Okay. So what about water? Do you have any tips on how we could cut back on our water
0: consumption and just like Uh, water waste is another big one we talk about a lot right because again it's one of those things that we can control I mean I think there's like your day like I think you should time your shower next time you have a shower time your shower really the average shower is 8 minutes if you cut that down to 4 minutes you'd save almost 40 liters of water a day Mm -hmm. put yourself in the shower for 4 minutes that's a long time that's a long time 4 minutes is like I got enough time I've done everything done it all So I think looking at the length of that, the other thing is too, is like washing your hair. Do you wash your hair every day? Like you wash your hair every day. God,
1: no. No.
0: Right? So that's also, that takes up a lot of water. Oh, the other one too is uh, washing your dishes. There's a big stat on that one. Like hand washing, that you're actually better off to do a load of dishes in your dishwasher half full than to wash those by hand. The running water for dishes is more than what happens. Because the way the dishwasher works, right? It's like a certain amount of water just comes in and then it just right yeah keep right. doing all the thing it doesn't keep running it in it just mm-hmm. comes in and then shoots it all around and then drains it and then another bit comes in so it's way more efficient than us running water and just washing the dishes
1: that's such a good thing to debunk because i feel like that one always surprises people
0: i know things they do in australia too is like they keep all their shower water and use that for using watering the gardens like think of it we're using drinking water for showering drinking water for watering the gardens full tide bathtubs, hot tubs, all that stuff is all our, like, top-tier water. Uh, so, you know, to be able to, like, you know, you have, like, the rain bucket outside and keep use that for gardening and things like that. And that's what they do in Australia, for sure. They have a shower and you save the bucket from the water.
1: We have one last question for
0: you, which is, what's one thing that you wish you'd learned in school that you that you didn't? You know what? It's so funny. This kid came to me. I wish that someone had explained a little bit more about, you have these dreams, right? Like you think your life is going to go like this. Then yeah. you do this. Then you do that. Then you do this. But even when you do that, there's still so much more. There's this graduate, get married, you know, typical. No really talks about like life when your kids are teenagers and your parents are older or when yes. you get older. And like, there's none of this, like, I kind of felt like kind of went through this little bit of a dip in like, I wouldn't say it was depression, but it's kind of like, well, now What?
1: Yeah, you know, I've got yeah. these
0: like teenagers and like aging parents. And I'm like, okay, so because I kind of thought I did everything. I was going yeah. the right way. And now I'm like, what? What, what happens yeah. now? Where's the, where's the next exciting thing? Like no one's like, wicked, can't wait till I'm 80. Like there's no <laughs> books about that, you yeah. know? So I don't, like I wish someone had said that, you know, to just, it, it, life doesn't end when you get to where you're going, I guess is the point. Like, yes. like now I'm married and now I'm this, like it just oh, doesn't totally. stop. It just keeps, keeps going. There's the, you know, and, and enjoy every bit of it. You got a lot of life to live. So enjoy every little bit of it. And once you hit your milestones, there's like bajillions more. So keep going.
2: Yeah. Yes. It's almost like a mindfulness practice to learn yeah. at a young age to yeah. just like be in the moment, appreciate where you're at, and that yes, these milestones don't determine your worth. So if you don't hit mm-hmm. it at 30, you don't hit it at 40, it's okay. It's okay.
0: Yeah, it's okay. And even if you do hit it, there's like other things that are going on. Like I kind of felt like I found like the same kind of thing. Like, you know, you get to this point point, you're like, okay, well, I did everything I am supposed to do. and I'm pretty happy. Yeah. But now what? <laughs> you yeah. know no. what's going to happen like where yeah. do we go what do we do
2: oh I love yeah. that answer oh that's great that warrants its own episode oh well thank you so much this was so like a hilarious you're amazing educational inspiring I think hopefully everyone can walk away. yeah exactly walk away knowing that they can do something and these little actions can make a yes. big impact so thank you so much for for joining us today and sharing your your tips and everyone should check out pre-love but let us know where everyone can find you. Pimp yourself out. This is your forum.
0: Uh, okay, <laughs> so pre jewels on Instagram, and then JuliaGrieve.ca is my site with the accidental environmentalist and all my tips and stuff. And if you want to shop a Canadian sustainable brand, you can shop at GetPreLove.com. That's oh. where you find me, and then on CityLine.
1: Yes. All the time love it yeah. for really, really entertaining, amazing segments. I love them. Yes. They're a joy, a joy to watch. <laughs> you just have the best energy. So thank you, you for go. sharing it with us. Oh, you guys are great. Really, well, thank you so much for including me. I'm so excited. So there you have it, guys. Thank you so much for listening.